It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa. Hey, welcome back to Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast. I am your host, Carrie. And I am Larissa. Good day. I wanted to say good morning since it's very early for me, but good day. Because we have people probably listening in Europe and all over the world. We do. We're pretty popular in Germany. Ooh. Uh, how obsessed are you with Tinder Swindle, Swindler like I am? You can find a bit of everything on Tinder, but one little swipe can change your life. I only miss you when it rains. When I first talked with Simon, immediately we had a bond. He was smart and funny and very impulsive. I shared my whole heart with him. And then he asked me if I wanted to travel with him I'm on a private jet. I was like, shit. He took me to a five-star hotel. He said we had a special connection. It felt like stepping into a movie. And then in the middle of the night, he said there was something he wants to tell me. He said he has threats against him. He needs our cash. His life depended on me. That's when police tell me. The man I love was never real. Everything's a lie. Who is this guy I've been sharing the same bed with? Then I get these threatening messages. Take my advice. Just We have no idea what he's capable of. It's just been fucking hell. I'm freaking out. But we needed to get Bay back. We don't know how far this conspiracy actually goes. It's just the tip of the iceberg. We had one chance to swindle the Dindler swindler. You have the problem? You're gonna pay for it. I can. I honestly feel that we have to get Jody and we have to form a retribution team or something. <laughs> we have to, we have to catfish the fuck out of him. I believe, I think. Okay. So if you haven't watched it yet, it isn't, I think the top 10 right now of uh, Netflix, but if you haven't watched it yet, it's a story about a devious date on Tinder who went so far as trying to get plastic surgery so he could get back on Tinder because he con singles out of $10 million, various people. Yes. And, and is currently still conning, by the way. I mean, he's, he only served. Okay. So the first time around he got busted for it years ago, right. And served like mm-hmm. maybe a year. Yes. And this time he got busted again with the help of girls who he had um, swindled. He got like six months. Five months because of COVID. Now he's back in Israel living that lavish lifestyle again. So you know he's catfishing again and he's swindling Mm -hmm. because he had zero dollars when he went into jail. He had nothing. Yeah. And so the whole documentary starts with this 29-year-old Norwegian grad student who was living in London. Her name was like, I think, Cecily. And she's very beautiful. Like at first I thought it was an actress, kind of like when they did it on the heist with the- She's gorgeous. Yeah. 
And when she's talking about him and she's talking about their courtship, you could tell she was like still in love with who she thought he was. Yeah. She was smiling and, and she was kind of swooning. He just takes me around the waist and he just looks at me and he just draws me in and he just gives me this kiss. And I was like, oh shit, you know, the kind of butterflies. It was passionate and was just the perfect first kiss that you could have, you know. Oh, by the way, did you know that she landed, she ended up landing in a psych ward? They didn't share that. Yeah, they didn't share that. So she thought he was her dream man. I think he introduced himself as the son of a billionaire diamond heir. Leviev. Yeah, exactly. And Simon, they talk about moving in and all that. He kind of cooled a little bit. They talked about moving in. And then this is the part I want to get your, your thoughts on this, because I think everybody judges this and they don't realize that it could happen to them. All mm. of a sudden, in the middle of the night, I get a picture of Peter, Simon's bodyguard. Simon is writing Peter hurt. And I'm like, he just says that they were going after me. Thank God for Peter. If not, I would have been dead. It's okay, love. It's okay, love. I told you we're in a war. We need to be strong. I didn't know what to do. And he just says, we're safe now. We're being taken care of and you just need to go to sleep. The next morning, Simon sends me a voice note. Because of the situation, the security and everything, they told me I'm not allowed to use my credit card. He can't use his cards anymore because the security team has said his enemies are tracing his spend and where he is based on his credit card use. I wanted to ask you a favor. If you have an American Express credit card, I can link it to my account. He was just wondering if he could use my cards for some time. It would just help him a lot. And it's just temporary, just like for uh, two weeks or something. I'm his girlfriend. Of course, you would ask me. Like, you trust me and I trust you. So, of course, we're going to help each other. It wasn't even a, like a question. This is her boyfriend she's about to move into. <laughs> on their first date, they went on a private plane and he met his daughter. So, of course, it looks like he's a valid person. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, he, you know, it's not like a misspelled email from foreign country. So she's like trying to get these loans and get him money right away. And then it cuts to the next chick. I was sitting by my phone, swiping, swiping. What kind of guy were you hoping for? An ideal guy, smart one and funny and very impulsive. I'm a very independent woman. I always have been. I've done that since the age of 16. So I don't need a man to take care of me. But I would appreciate to have a man to share my life. Pramila, she was Swedish. And she's like, I'm an independent woman. We just didn't have chemistry, which I feel like she was kind of downplaying that she liked him. And mm-hmm. they're showing him parting in Mykonos with her. You're watching the Norwegian lady, which I'm calling her because he loves, he loves uh, Scandinavian women. Yeah. Cecily. And you see her trying to find money and all that. And he's basically just partying on her money as fast as what she can get it to him. This is the thing that I find, I find sad is that when I was single, I lived paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. There was no way I had enough money to send some. I couldn't even get a loan for $30,000. No, she got nine of them. And I was like, okay. So my first thing is if someone came to me like that and said, I have nothing, I'd be like, dude, you have a father worth 
billions of dollars. There's not one person in your father's inner circle or your father himself who can float you the money. I have to say, even if I was in love, I would have been like, I'm so sorry. I can't help you. I mean, I help, I'll help you ask your father. My credit score can't help you. <laughs> yeah. My credit score is. Yeah. And he managed, he must've like scouted them. He managed to find women with impeccable credit scores. I know. Who get loan after loan after loan, which they must've had to apply for these loans all at the same time. Cause once you default once in the United yeah. States, if you default even by 10 days, it shows up immediately on your credit and then you can't get another loan. So she got credit cards, loans, over 250,000. She was a quarter of a million dollars in debt. So she had nine lenders. He had doctored her paychecks saying it came from his company. Now, per, uh, Pernia, I feel so bad. I was calling them by their nationalities, but I, I'm more, I don't want to cause offense that I have really bad pronunciation on, on their actual <laughs> names. She was the Swedish marketing exec. She just gave him 30,000 right off. And the, the way that she came across is like, yeah, I wasn't really interested in him, but I liked him as a friend. And I told him I missed him after our first date and it wasn't really my scene. And then I just gave him $30,000. I was like, damn, she really is independent. Like, or maybe she has a trust fund. But then later on, she was crying saying, I gave you everything. So I don't know what fund that came from or her retirement. And he was sending all these women the same photos of his supposed bodyguard being assaulted. Yes. Yes. He kept on sending them the same pictures of they're out to get me the bad guys who don't want to see me succeed. You know, he was making up all these, you know, enemies so they would feel bad for him. And so he could psychologically make them feel like they were in danger too. So they had to keep up with him to find out just what kind of danger they were in. It's like, oh, I I can't lose contact with him. He made it so they depended on him. Yeah. Which is, and he only did five months. And I'm just, I can't believe that he stayed with the Aileen, the one that was the Dutch fashion. She was in the fashion industry. The last one who finally brought him down, which I was so impressed. She, she was with her like 14 months, right? And there's a couple little items I wanted to see if you picked up on. Mm-hmm. The first one was he told the original Cecily, uh, she said that when they were having sex, she could feel marks on his back. And he said that he had got them in South Africa in a prison. So now I'm like, they never go back to account for what caused those or probably was his first bout in jail. I imagine. Yeah. And then the second thing came up with Aileen at one point, they're showing pictures that she had been beat up in the street. So she was very susceptible. She was very susceptible when he said that he had been accosted because she had been. Did he send those guys to that's what I'm wondering? Because her tooth got broken. She had black eyes, her, her knee, ankle. Yeah. yeah, It was really bad. She legit got beaten up. Oh my God. And I, that had to come from him just so he could keep, cause she was the, she was the long-term. He had her first in place and then went out with all these. I mean, there's probably hundreds of women that he went out because he went on to swindle over time. He has swindled $10 million for women. How is he out of jail? And notice how he stays away from American women. Oh, yeah. Because he would do way more time with American women. Depending on if it got highlighted or not in the news, because there's been cases of swindling here where people have been taken for their whole life savings online and they haven't prosecuted. I think it would be hit or miss what district and all that. I'm sad to say, but there's so much extortion 
So it's, it's much harder to prosecute like women who don't know who they're communicating with online. Okay. The, the catfish, the, the catfish that they send money to in Nigeria or wherever, that's really hard to prosecute because you don't know where it's going to with him. He was present. So he was in and out of their lives, flying to meet them and everything. And he had specific bank accounts. It was always the specific bank account. He held on to one bank account for a long time. So I feel that if he touched down on American soil and was in the U.S. and receiving money, he probably could have gotten popped. I don't know. I Yeah. And the passport issue too, because if they ran his passport. Yeah. Fake passport in the United States is a big thing. Yep. I think it's more than five months. That and uh, falsifying a crime, that would not go over well in the United States if he did that here. Yeah. Well, and one of the things, so they were able to map out 13 cases of this, but I was really shocked when you heard the voicemails of even the men he swindled or he babysat their children or. I met him on Tinder in 2015. We met up in Copenhagen. We dated for around six months. He met my family and friends. He stayed with us in New York. He said his name was Shimon Yehuda. His name Hayu. was Mordecai His name was Simon Levi. My wife and I hired Simon to babysit our five-year-old son. He was 20 years old at the time. We knew that his father was a rabbi and he came he from a very... He told me he was the heir to an Israeli airline. He employed me as his... He hired man. me as his personal chauffeur. And he hired a lot of expensive cars. He never paid the bill for the $300,000. He told me that he was a Mossad agent working undercover as a pilot. He spent nearly $20,000. In just three days, he spent $42,000 on our Amex. Three of our checks had been forged. Nearly $50,000 in total. He was a career criminal. He swindled married couples, you name it, out of money. I am very amazed he hasn't gotten it worse. Well, the thing is, the first time around, he said he was an arms dealer, right? Mm -hmm. And then he switched when he got out of jail. That time he switched to a diamond heir. So I wonder what he's posing as now. Yeah, well, and you can buy his uh, classes now for $350, learn business tips. I feel, I feel we have to get Jody Huff involved from We Hate Everything. Yeah. I really feel that she needs to be alerted. And I know she can, I know she can catfish him. I know she can. <sighs> so our next story of the news, I thought you'd find this one really Interesting. Prince Harry receives backlash on social media after telling people to meditate every day. I, similar to you, Alexi, experience burnout. And throughout that burnout, literally getting to the very end of everything that I had, any fuel or any steam in the engine just was like, I was burning the candle at both ends and it was like, boom. That is when you are forced to look inside yourself. Because with everything else around you, seemingly you feel as though it's working against you, the only way that you can really combat it and the only way you can build resilience for the, out, out, the outside world and your entire environment is the inner work. Because once you start to understand how and why you react to certain people, certain situations, then you can actually gain control of those situations. It doesn't mean they're not going to happen. It means that your reaction to them is more in your control. It has to start from yourself. This, this idea that you could somehow find mental fitness from other people, it doesn't, yes, as a team, you can certainly encourage each other, but it starts at home and it starts internal. That's all we have to do is meditate and we're good. (laughs) 
Well, he dished out some business advice as he spoke of the importance of employers giving staff time to focus on themselves. And he was speaking during a virtual conference for the startup Better Up in his role as chief impact officer. Oh, chimpo. You have a guy who's only been in the military and he's only worked for his grandmother telling private business what they need to do for their employees. Yeah, that. And you have Megan who worked for an ice cream shop and she was an actress. God bless him. It comes from a good place. I know they want to use their powers for good, but it just kind of uh, rings hollow with the real working man, working woman, pulling themselves up by their bootstraps who've got three or four kids screaming every minute of the day. It's really hard to take that 20 minute meditation break. I mean, unless you're on the toilet and even then you've got kids opening the door, you know, you, you just, there's going to be a better way, uh, you know, with people who have no childcare, nothing like that. That's impossible. It really is. And there are employers who couldn't even keep their own people when they were in the UK. Yeah. How many I, nannies did she go through? How many assistants did she go through? Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to do it all by yourself, but we'll never know if they do it all by themselves. And to say here, these are tips that you can use to get that 20 minutes of time. This is what works for us as a family. But it's another thing if you've got a lot of help and family members. I'm not saying, you know, they have nannies, but they might have her mom and that's help. You know, I hate to say it, but I just feel like you can be, I'll be the bad cop on this one. You're the good cop. Okay. I hate to say it. Sometimes feel like they're a day late dollar short with some of their messaging. Like that could have been said in a blog or an Instagram micro post, you know, with a, with a picture of some girl in a bikini. I just don't feel like sometimes this is new information or relevant, or it's not going to inspire me hearing Prince Harry talk about it. As an employer, he's not like a top CEO of a Fortune 500 company. I think they're way ahead of the curve. This is the first time we've ever heard about meditation. You know, I'm joking, right? Yeah. (laughs) No, I I agree. I'm going to have to be bad cop with you there too. I agree. You know, we've been trying to do this for years, probably since the 70s. People have been trying to find some time to themselves, whether it be meditation or whether it be oh, good, I can brush my teeth or wash my hair. My baby's sleeping. It's easier said than done. That's all I'm going to say. It's a nice wish, a nice goal, but easier said than done. Yeah, it's great, Harry, what you learned at school today, but I just don't need, I just don't need it. My whole self-help library in my bedroom would attest to the fact that I don't need it from him. That's it. You are someone that works on herself constantly. Like Mm -hmm. I see the books that you read, we talk. I'm like you, if anyone's putting in the work you are, and you're doing it with kids, three kids. Yeah. And you're, I mean, you know, but it, does it involve meditating 20 minutes every day? No, I have the apps. I've done it before. There's a great app out there for meditation. I've tried different methods. Tell me something new. Like I just don't. Give me the keys to the castle. I have nothing to relate to him. Now, give me a woman that is a single mom who's a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Give me her speech because there's probably something in there leadership-wise or something I could learn. But none of this is new concepts. None of it. Or give me a mom who's working two to three jobs, single mom, and has two to three kids and is giving me life hacks on how to do it. Exactly. I would, yeah. Give me a Pinterest be... video or something. Like I've learned a lot about how to clean a stove from that. That's shit I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. For real. Exactly. Like I don't how to get gum out of hair, yes. how to get gum out of various carpets. That's shit I need to know. Give me something to work, not recycle posts from the TIG. Can we? Oh yeah. She's thinking about bringing that up, but I was just wondering if we could start our own blog called shit. I need to know. <laughs> that would be great. Why is she wanting to bring the TIG back? Cause nothing else is sticking. I think that they had so many offers. They said yes to everything. And I think she wants to be the Magnolia now. The Magnolia yeah. channel or whatever that is. I should have been Joanna Gaines. But they don't have anything to offer. I mean, just being a reality television producer. The first question people ask when you say, oh, I've got this really cute family we want to do a show on. But what do they do? Well, they dabble in this. They dabble on that. No, what do they do? Like when Chip and Joanna came in, they're like, what do they do? They renovate houses and this is how they do it. Step-by-step. There has to be a clear game plan. It can't be someone who's half in this, half in that. It's got to be a clear shot of this is what they do. This is what we're going to film. So I feel like I don't know how they could be that lifestyle brand. If they had just stayed in the UK, their patronages alone would have done so much more. Her clothing line sold out for homeless working women. Uh, yes. the she was patronage of the arts. He was for military. Their philanthropy and all that would have been so much more effective and progress over there. But it had to be about it. It's a, it had to be about money. Or welcome, uh, well, guys, I have some news to make people feel a little better, and that is the royal family is just as messed up as everyone else is. <laughs> yeah, last night Oprah sat down with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle for a two-hour primetime special. Uh, I actually thought it was a great interview. Uh, the ratings were so big, ABC just offered the couple their own weekly show called Royalish. If you thought this interview was big, uh, tune in next Sunday when Prince Charles is on Dr. Phil, like, catch me outside. <laughs> now, Oprah's interview is such a big rating success, she's already got another primetime special in the works. Check out this promo I saw last. Oprah is back with another primetime interview with another powerhouse couple. You don't know what I'm going to ask. And it's her most intense. What was that conversation? Interview. Wait, hold, hold up. Yet. So, you ready? Oprah with Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Oh, blue. I don't see the good that they think they're doing, especially throwing around her rank, calling up political figures. It doesn't yeah, didn't I, help her at all. It didn't help. It didn't help the cause. Even if you felt it, it did not help it. Well, I feel that they would have had a rough time in the beginning over there, but I feel by now they kind of would have been, would have been the golden children. I, really I, I, I think, think they totally would have been because I think she went too far, too fast, too quick, too opinionated. I think they would have learned to dial it back a little, learned that, He's the spare, not the heir, but that gives them even more latitude because the queen offered them an ambassadorship to to travel, which Harry loves Africa. Mm -hmm. He would have been able to do more in Africa and all that when they would have been able to have more latitude than what they really would have had by now. And they would have maybe started seeing the benefits that he's not the heir to the throne because they could do more things and it benefited him before when he could serve in the military and all that. Yeah, no, they wouldn't have. They would have been in a life of service, but I'm wondering, does anyone know how those Netflix projects are going? Do we know where they are in production? I heard at Spotify and Netflix that they have an internal team that took it, took it over to be more involved, even though at Archie Well that they had hired a podcast producer, but I heard that they're now more involved with it. So for Archwell, they hired a podcast producer? They did back last summer. But how come they didn't produce anything. I know. 
God, I want that job. I want that fucking job. You're going to be our podcast producer. Okay. What do I have to do? Nothing. You don't have to do it. You don't even have to produce a podcast. That's the best part of it. You know what I'm finding interesting too? Like she didn't go to Obama's party, right? And even though that's being quieter out there, you know, even with like uh, award ceremonies and stuff, mm-hmm. but there are some events now going on on the West Coast, like some benefits and stuff. I'm just surprised you don't see her at anything with, or even some paparazzi photos with. She had one with David Foster going to dinner with them. When was that? Yeah. When right before his wife announced she was pregnant, but she went in like this oversized coat with heels on, you know, Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. were saying maybe she was, but you don't see her with the A-list friends. Like, like she first came out with Gloria Steinem and then it was Oprah and uh, Tyler Perry. Like you don't hear, I mean, even George Clooney was like, I don't understand why we were, I never met her. I don't know why we're at this wedding, but you just don't see the A-list people like you did before. And I feel that if they were secretly meeting with A-list people, she would find a way to make it leak. Like Tom Holland and <laughs> Zendaya? Yeah. You were like, why do you want to meet us? Yeah. I don't know. Something's, something's foul in Denmark, whatever that phrase is. Something's fishy. And plus they're moving now. They're moving to a smaller abode. I think, I think it's smaller and cheaper. That's my opinion. Will we get to see a picture of it though? No. Well, maybe it's bigger and more expensive. I don't understand why, though. They don't need that much room. Mm-mm. So last thing I thought we'd talk about before I wanted to close up the show with a, something to get to see if you're watching it. Colorado wildfires. Have you heard anything in your news about this, about the cult and all that? I did not, but I just received a text from my friend, my best friends, you know, from mm-hmm. when I was a child living in Colorado. And they have a house, their first house they lived in. They use as a rental now, burned down to the ground. She sent me pictures. No way. Every the stove melted, the refrigerator melted. There's nothing left. And it was so sporadic because the wind was so bad. She said the houses across the street are fine. It's just bizarre. Get out while you can was the message from rescue services in Colorado. A state of emergency declared as hundreds of homes were swallowed by flames and upwards of 30,000 residents told to evacuate from the towns of Superior and Louisville near the Rocky Mountains. So what are you getting out of here? What are you taking with you? Uh, Two kids, a dog, two cats and my husband. Just saw some smoke at first, and then it just ended up getting bigger and bigger and bigger as the wind picked up. Um, and pretty soon, it was like the whole the whole neighborhood was uh, pretty much engulfed. Taking to the roads, residents fleeing the flames. Right now, we're just they're trying to evacuate as you know as much as they can, and trying to get people going back to the to the east. The governor of Colorado has declared a state of emergency. With no warning, gusts of 100, 110 miles an hour can and have moved this fire down a football field in a matter of seconds. But if it's a cult, leave it to Colorado to have a cult. Upstate New York and California, those are good. And Florida, I feel yeah. like, yeah, yeah. So they're saying that it might this start this fire may have started on the property of a religious sect. Yeah, called the Twelve Tribes. They it might have sparked that Colorado wildfire, and that it has a dark history of child abuse and racism, and that they're preparing for a second coming with an army of one hundred and forty four thousand virginal males. Oh wow! The cult is based on the First Testament. 
the 12 tribes live in communities, handing over all their possessions and all their money when they join. They recruit members through their Yellow Deli cafes around the world, but it's their treatment of children that has sparked international headlines. How old are you? I'm this hidden camera investigation aired on US television in 2018, filming young children of the 12 tribes being forced to work on their farms and on factory assembly lines. Factories? We don't have factories. We have videotape of it, sir. In 2013, a police raid removed 40 children from a 12 tribes compound in Germany after undercover footage captured repeated physical punishment of a number of children. It wow. began in 72 as an offshoot of the Jesus movement in Chattanooga. And then it has like a very regimental communal style. And it has about 3,000 people or members across the U.S., Europe, South America, and Australia. And they've been found in violation of child labor laws and have been accused of extremist views on slavery and homosexuality and how they, how they typically, they, it always comes back to how they discipline children. How did you feel about the attitudes within the 12 tribes of the severe disciplining of children? How did I feel about yeah. it? I thought it was great. At the time, great. I thought it was fantastic. Why? I thought it was... Um, Why? You can come up with an argument that says, hey, children need boundaries. They're insecure without them. And, and, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't disagree with that, but I've got a 16-month-old. Yeah, and yeah. I think if I were to whack her with a rod... I can tell you that she doesn't understand what yeah, I'm doing yeah, no, or no. why. No, no. It's more like dog training. It's re- re- reducing them down to a, a more of a primal level. You're not reasoning. Before I had children, this was fine. I loved it. You have your own and life takes on a different flavor. And it smacking sure your own little little human being on the bed there uh, sounds different all of a sudden. And, and it was different for you? Yeah, absolutely. Everything changes when you have children. Han's wife decided to leave the 12 tribes in 2009 with their kids. Their intense disciplining had become too much for her. And Han decided he too would leave with them. He'd started to question the behaviours of the group, not only with children, but also their attitudes towards medical care. Seeking outside medical help within the tribes was frowned upon. Even in serious situations, members were discouraged from going to hospital. You were an elder, yeah. so when people were ill, yeah. what, what was your role? Um, as an elder and a shepherd, you would go and you would um, find out if there was anything in them that they needed to get out. Like what? And you could call that confessing your sins. You'd been watching pornography. You had, um, I don't know, you'd been mean to your wife or you'd been insubordinate to your husband. You'd uh, hit your children too hard. And that would be causing the illness. Would yeah, be the yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But if someone's seriously ill... Then uh, we'd pray for them. How come these sects hide behind religion? Because we all know that religion does not prescribe to the thought of you need to punish people, you need to abuse people. That's exactly opposite. And so they haven't they haven't pinned it on them yet, but I guess there was a video taken of one of their sheds on fire the morning of the fires. And it's right in that boulder area. So but there's no been been no official investigation or are they investigating? I think they're investigating now, but what I think is interesting sometimes because I've watched documentaries on the Waco, uh-huh. I know that sometimes they're almost I feel like not all government, but sometimes I feel like sometimes they're a little hesitant with some of these more isolated groups, isolated uh-huh. religious groups, because the government 
feels like they were or there's been a lot of accusations that Waco was the fault of the government and the, that fire that broke out there. So sometimes mm-hmm. I wonder if as a result of that, that they have all these more controls in place of messing with these isolated groups. Yeah. Like if they're not, if they're not hurting us, we're not going to mess with them. Yeah. This far out of the country without fire hydrants, you have to haul all of your water. It's just a, a very bad scenario here at this point. Winds fanned the flames and reduced the entire property to ash within an hour. Around 80 Ranch Davidians died, including David Koresh and 25 children. While most died from fire and smoke inhalation, two members were found with fatal bullet wounds to the head. Four federal agents were also killed during that siege. Several months later, a federal grand jury indicted 12 of the surviving Branch Davidians for unlawful possession of firearms and aiding the murder of federal officers. Many believe the government's actions were overly aggressive and maybe even illegal. The raid drew sharp public criticism and controversy swirled over whether or not federal agents started the fire and shot the Branch Davidians. At the center of the storm was Janet Reno, who issued the final order to raid the compound. In 1999, she appointed independent counsel John Danforth to investigate the incident. Danforth concluded that the agents were not responsible and placed the blame squarely on Koresh and his followers for setting the blaze and shooting themselves in order to fulfill their apocalyptic prophecy. The investigation failed to satisfy critics who, to this day, believe in conspiracy theories of a federal cover-up. The women there have to dress moderately. They take on traditional roles. Can't have drugs during childbirth, which... I don't get Um, it, Carrie. I don't get it. Yeah, so that's all I have. Are you watching 1888? No, is it good? I admire your courage. You're going to pick a fight. You can't win before long. What's that for? Not sure. But I'd sure hate you don't have it when we find out. This journey will be dangerous all the way to Oregon. I believe in you. I believe in that boy. And I believe in our daughter. And that's all. Tom Hanks is in it, isn't he? Yes. I had no idea. He's literally in it for 30 seconds. That's and it. had no idea at first. I was like, who's that guy? He looks familiar because he has the full Civil War beard. He, I, apparently, he's friends with Tim McGraw. When I first watched the episode, I didn't like it in Fort Worth. Yeah. But by the second one, not going to lie. I'm actually invested. Yeah, did you see Yellowstone? No, I'm like fighting my way to like be like probably the last ones on the wagon. Well, I know, I know. I look it up and a guy I went to high school with and graduated with, he's in Yellowstone. So I'm like, what? oh, here I am over here behind my like, you know, I'm the government working for the man behind my podcast, Mike, and he's out there on Yellowstone. So I feel like even now I, I attempted to watch. I jumped in like season four or season five while I was cooking over Christmas mm-hmm. break and watched like four or five episodes. And I think it could be good. It seems it seems um, interesting. Seems good. Uh, but I might be more inclined to dive into 1888. You don't have to have seen Yellowstone to watch. No, not at all. I never watch Yellowstone. You get it right away. I sound so dumb. Like I got to read what, what's going on. No. But I still have to read the subtitles. Like I can't listen anymore. I need to, I've turned into my mom. I remember getting mad with my mom. Like just watch the show. I, you know. Oh, there are times I, I need the subtitles now too, because I, I'm not completely like, I'll hear something. I was watching Ozark the other day and I'm like, she's, she's talking really low. She's close. And she's like, 
you better worry about the chicken in the basket. And I'm like, what? Did she say worry about the chicken in the basket? What the fuck? (laughs) So I had to go back and it was like, I don't know, child in need or something. And I took it to be chicken in the basket. So no, that's how I would have been. I was like, no, I need, especially if they have accents, because I'm terrible. I had to replay it three times. And then raise the volume and then like turn everything else off in the kitchen and go, oh, it's not the chicken in the basket. By the way, uh, Ozark is, I think this is their last season and they are pouring it on. Really? Heavy duty. Yeah. Have you seen that series? I've watched the first few seasons, but I fall off. I go through a phase where I'll be super into something and then. And the great on Hulu. They're on their second season. That's one of my favorite really? shows. Yes. Oh God, you got to watch what the first season about? of the great. Catherine the Great. Oh, but, I'll watch that. Yes, it's very, but it's got this modern twist on it. It's got, um, oh, I can't not think of her name. She's She was a child actress. Because to my new wife, the Empress of Russia. Huzzah! It is. No, you don't talk, my love. Oh, of course must be an enormous responsibility and honor to lead a country of such import. It's actually not that hard. I'm happy to hear anyone's problems with me. Don't worry about the bodies. I would like to be useful to Russia to help its greatness. You will bear my ears. There is no higher use. Rabbit! These sticks were to enhance your fertility, but I cannot work out whether we wave them over your womb or insert them into you. I'm pretty sure it's a wave them situation. Was it like Dakota Fanning or something or McKenna Grace or something like that? Was it one of the Fanning girls? It was the sister of the famous one. Elle Fanning. It's Elle Fanning. She's amazing in it. And it's got, I forgot who plays the Peter. He's amazing. It's an amazing cast, amazing acting, comedic, uh, raw. It's great. You'll love it. it. I think you'll like Dickinson too, though, on HBO. Oh, really? Check me out. I'm a man. (laughs) I do what I want. I go where I want. I have the right to vote. I can legally own property. What are they so afraid of? Maybe they're scared that if they teach us how the world works, we'll figure out how to take over. Mm. Mm. Yeah, my cousin Toby is on that. He plays the father. Get out. Of, yes. Dickinson is very, uh, they kind of modernized it a little bit, but it's still in the period. You know, some places do a retake on it and it's a modern retelling and it's mm-hmm. in modern day. This is like a retelling, but in that period. And it's okay. good. It's cool. good. I'm going to watch it. Ciao, darling. Still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Let's play a game, all right? On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it, just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Hey, it's me again, and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now. Just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Intrigue Pod. 
Follow us on Pinterest and Flipboard where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty, chronicles of interesting events in history, and of course, true crime. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel because everyone has one, right? That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guests co-host are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.